SA Crypto, South Africa's largest blockchain community and news outlet. Hey guys, welcome to this edition of the SA Crypto podcast. And uh, we're privileged enough to have Richard D'Souza, CEO and co-founder of Altcoin Trader with us. They've been um, shaking up the market a little bit of late. And so we thought we'd get in touch with them and just find out a little bit more about uh, what's been up. Richard, welcome to uh, the podcast once again. James, thanks very much for having me on that interview. Now, um, Richard, I want to just delve into your history first because it's something I haven't been able to clarify. I've never actually asked you off mic. Um, were you the founder of NetSpace and what services did NetSpace offer? James, I was the founder of NetSpace. I actually started that company um, probably 15 years ago. It was, um, it was a, a very much a programming company. We used to build websites and provide any online services that our clients needed. So it was a small company and, and gradually grew. We eventually started doing a lot of financial calculations, you know, programming for big accounting firms and doing uh, financial stuff. Okay, so it was a natural progression to go from sort of financial tech into a cryptocurrency exchange. It was. We did a lot of um, e-commerce stuff. And I, the way I actually got involved in Bitcoin was I was looking for a payment solution for one of our e-commerce clients. Because, you know, it's so difficult to get a merchant account from the banks, and especially if you're a small business. And I stumbled onto Bitcoin. So um, that was a natural progression that uh, we started looking at that tech. That was back in, in 2011, believe it or not. 2011. So, and then, of course, it was the only place to get Bitcoin at that time was Mt. Gox, right? Well, correct. Yeah, I, I actually also got Bitcoin from a place called Vervox, and you had to buy it through a, a gaming platform called Second Life. It was actually before Mt. Gox, believe it or not. Jeez, that's, that's going way back in the early days. Now, what did, you, what did you do with Netscape after you got Altcoin Trader up and running? Well, we obviously kept that company going for a while. Uh, in fact, I still own that company. We are in the process of having it transferred. I've got a, a new partner, and she'll actually be taking that company over. Um, there's just a, you know, a little bit of admin and the, the normal uh, stuff that you need to do get, to get the company out. But I'm hoping that by the end of the year, I'll no longer be an owner of that company. Currently, I am still the sole owner. Okay. Now, let's, let's uh, look at what you're up to now. Altcoin trader, um, bit of a shakeup in the market. You you guys launched digital gold and silver. Uh, how's the response been? I mean, you launched on Monday, the fifth of August. What's the response been like from your clientele since since you launched? James, the response has been very good. I would actually say it's been better than expected. We've had a lot of clients that are actually buying the coins. I'm talking specifically about the gold coins and just keeping it. I think they're diversifying their portfolios and, you know, just holding assets that aren't so risky. So we haven't seen a lot of trading. In other words, a lot of back and forth. We've seen more of a, a sort of a buy and a hold scenario. Now, would you mind just elaborating on how you peg the price to the value of the real, uh, the real precious metals? I mean, if the digital version of the Kruger coin was much cheaper, people would then buy and then they'd cash out via your withdrawal courier system. If it was much more expensive, then they wouldn't want to invest or trade. So my question is, surely you have some form of algorithm stabilizing the price? James, that's a very interesting question. Um, we actually have got a lot of very savvy investors. 
So as you pointed out, if someone did see that the price of Kruger rent was dropping substantially, they would simply buy up the order book and that would bring the price up. So I'm going to have to say that we don't have an algorithm that controls the price, not at all. That price is 100% controlled by the free market. But I think that because of the amount of investors that we have on the platform, it's not going to allow that price to go too high or too low because, as you pointed out, people would obviously just cash in and take advantages of those prices. So it's totally, totally market-driven. And have you, have you uh, had anyone withdraw their Kruger coins yet? We have had a couple of people withdraw the actual physical assets, um, and they've actually withdrawn them from the retailers. We've also had one or two guys where we've made special arrangements, and we've actually couriered coins to them. So it is actively working. People are withdrawing the coins. In addition to that, we've also had people depositing coins. So um, it's, it's fully functioning, and it's working. Okay, that, that was actually um, a later question I'm going to jump to now. Um, talk about your deposits. I mean, you state on the website that it's not necessarily available uh, and you would only open it up unless you ran low on, on your backed assets. Tell me about how that's working and, and why are people already depositing coins? Well, at this stage, we are still taking deposits um, and we've had a lot of clients that have deposited. So we just got to a situation where we weren't sure how the market would take to this. And that's why we put that on the website. Because if we had a flood and we had a lot of people wanting to deposit coins, we might not have um, the facilities or the capacity to hold that amount of, of precious metals. But so far, it's been going really well. Um, we are allowing clients to, to make the deposits. We haven't turned anyone away that has had a valid deposit. So we've had some guys trying to deposit coins that weren't really up to our standard, you know, coins that we hadn't heard of, and coins that we couldn't really verify were worth their ounce of silver and gold. Those depositors we have turned away, but anyone that's had valid coins or has had coins that we felt are, are, are worthwhile, we've accepted those deposits. Now, who are the retail partners? Um, is it a single chain? Is it a number of chains linked with a partnership? Okay, well, the, the biggest partner that we have is the Scoin Group. So the Scoin shops, they are all taking um, deposits and you know allowing our clients to withdraw from those shops. Um, we are in constant negotiations with them to, to streamline the process, but right now they are our biggest partner. We have got a couple of, of sort of one-man show shops that are also um, partnered with us, but uh, those that partnership might not continue depending on how negotiations with Squin uh, happen. Okay, now um, moving on to cryptocurrencies. Uh, as a South African exchange, would you be willing to tell us how much data and information the South African Reserve Bank, the FSC and other regulatory bodies ask from you? Okay, we, we wouldn't mind disclosing that because it is interesting and I think it is probably in our clients' best interest to know exactly what is going on with that space and with the flow of information. So um, right now, the Reserve Bank are the only ones that have requested um, information. We have got a, a contract with them that they won't disclose that information, even to SARS without uh, discussing it with us. And in addition to that, they have not asked for any data on individuals. So they have asked for global holistic data. In other words, how, many, how much has been held? What are your reserves? 
what is happening in the marketplace. They haven't got to the stage where they've said, how much does so-and-so own or how much does each individual own? So it's still very much anonymous. Um, those guys, they have asked for data three times, and it's basically now every six months. We are furnishing them with holistic data, not individualized data. Okay, that's interesting and probably good news for the industry as well in South Africa. Um, Richard, you're the only exchange in Africa to offer the BTT airdrop. How have you found Tron's honoring of the airdrop since they announced that? And just tell me a little bit about your thoughts about um, their move with buying BitTorrent. What are your thoughts there? Well, look, they, let's first also how they, they, they are definitely honoring those airdrops, okay? So we see them regularly coming in, I think it's the 11th of the month, onto those addresses. It's quite a, a nice streamlined process. Um, obviously, because it comes in in the form of a deposit, it's tricky for us because we have to make sure that we don't double credit our clients. But our technical guys have got that system very, very well sorted out. As far as BitTorrent goes, I'm still watching that space carefully. Um, I think it's, it's reasonably intricate. I don't have a full understanding of exactly how it's working and how, the, how it's going to benefit. But obviously, there's a lot of people that are talking about it. So I really don't think at this stage I'm really qualified to make any sort of meaningful comment on that. But we are watching that space. And, you know, if it does uh, take a lot of traction, we'll certainly be, be on the forefront of it. And what about other coins on Altcoin Trader? How do you choose new coins? And if a project had to come to you to ask for coins to be listed, uh, what's your response to those projects? Well, James, we have projects coming to us basically on a weekly basis. You know, guys wanting to list coins and mostly startups. So for us, it's not really a financial incentive that would get us to list a coin. We want to make sure that the coins that we list have real value for our customers. So we don't have a listing fee. I mean, we've been offered a lot of money to list coins, but we really always look out for our clients and we would not easily list an unknown coin, you know, despite what we have been paid for it. So our main criteria is, is this valuable to our clients? Is it something that's sustainable? Is there a development team behind that coin um, so that we know that it's going to go well in the future? So no, we, you know, basically anyone listening to this, we are not open to list random small projects. Okay. Um, what about other bigger projects? I mean, you, you know, in all, in all honesty, you have a lot of coins, but there are some other projects that have big communities internationally. Do you ever consider listing some of those bigger projects? We, we do. And I know uh, what you're probably saying is there's a couple of holes in the, in the top 20 that we don't have. I mean, EOS being the most glaringly obvious one. But um, we do have a drive where we list coins. Listing a coin is not an easy task. You can ask any exchange owner, you've got to do a lot of research, you've got to understand how the blockchain works, how the wallet works, and how you're going to cope with deposits and withdrawals. So we certainly will continue to list coins. Um, at this stage, we sort of, in, in a period where we want to make sure that everything we've got listed is up and running. You'll often find wallets going into maintenance because of upgrades and so on. So the more coins you have, the more maintenance you have on your exchange. But in the next uh, three to four months, we will pick that up again. Obviously, we took the, the listing of gold and silver as our, our last two coins that we listed, and there was very little research needed to be done. There was more of a practical uh, aspect. But we'll be listing um, more coins and we'll continue adding. 
we probably add coins at about one every two months. And um, yeah, we will continue. There's a lot of big projects out there. There's a lot of things that we are excited about that we do want to get on there. All right. So talking about um, coins on your exchange, you, you obviously offer um, Bitcoin SV um, under the ticker code BCHSV. And then we've got CryptoFest coming up in two weeks time down in Cape Town where you're actually a headline speaker. And at that event, there's going to be a, a debate between Bitcoin Core, Bitcoin Satoshi version and Bitcoin Cash. Just want to get your thoughts around the uh, Bitcoin forks controversies. Do you even think that there is room for Bitcoin Satoshi vision? Well, I really am not, not a fan of the coin. I don't know what its future will hold. I would be very careful, you know, holding large amounts of that coin. Is there for a future for it? Yes, I think there probably is. Because Craig Wright has a lot of uh, friends that have got a lot of power, a lot of hash power, a lot of influence in this space. So it's unlikely that we're going to see that coin dying in the near future. As far as, um, you know, Bitcoin Cash, Bitcoin SV, all of these coins, I think the market will speak for itself in the long term. But I think that these coins are going to be around. There's not going to be one coin that's going to win and take over everything. I think it would be naive to think that we're going to be faced with a future where we've got many, many different choices and we can choose, pick and choose between the coins as you know, what we want to do. So it's going to be around. There's a lot of people that are very pro that, uh, that that project, and I don't think it's going to end soon. As far as the forks go and the controversy around that, I think that um, these forks, they definitely do take away from the value of Bitcoin, and it is certainly a huge task for exchanges. I think exchanges at the very least should allow their clients to withdraw the forked coins you know, it's not a situation where they should just keep those four coins. Obviously, if the coins are worth anything substantial, they should make them available to their clients. But once again, it's just more coins coming onto the exchange. Um, if those projects last, it's worthwhile. Otherwise, we'll probably see them being delisted in the years to come. You touched there um, on, on topics quite close to, I'm sure, a lot of Bitcoin maximalist hearts. Um, saying that there is space for other coins and uh, other projects in this industry. What is your response to this growing narrative um, currently in the industry around Bitcoin maximalism, where a lot of, the, a lot of maximalists st state, you know what, there is, no, there is no space for other blockchain projects. Uh, blockchain was designed f to be a ledger, financial ledger, and that's it. Uh, you can't write smart contracts on it. Um, it's, it's just decentralized apps are a pipe dream. That's the narrative. I'd like to get your perspective, um, someone who's got experience as a software engineer um, and quite extensive experience in the blockchain space here in South Africa. What do you think? Look, there's two parts to this answer. First of all, because of the huge flow of capital from the institutions, Bitcoin dominance is going through the roof. And I think that we can expect that to, to continue because the institutions are very slow to move. They're very slow to action. But what they are going to do is pump a lot of money into the space, which means that Bitcoin's market cap, Bitcoin dominance is going to go up. They're not going to be investing in Bitcoin Cash. They're not going to be investing in other coins. So it is going to look from the outskirts that Bitcoin is taking over and is doing very well. However, if we look at the technical aspects of all the other coins, there is a massive, massive Ethereum community. And there's a lot of guys coding and 
designing amazing things. Now, obviously, it takes a lot of time for us to adopt things and to actually get these things that to become workable and to become um, user-friendly. So in the years to come, I can't see Bitcoin being the only uh, currency. I can see a nice a nice spike for it in the near future. When I say the near future, we're talking about the next um, year to 18 months. But after that, I can see there's a lot of tech and there's a lot of potential. So those uh, we will have an old season again. But having said that, financially, because Bitcoin is so scarce, we're going to see Bitcoin's price going through the roof. These other coins are always going to be there to stay, but they're not going to match up. I mean, Bitcoin's the first to market. It's the first. It's got the first mover advantage. So, depending on if you're interested in the technical aspect of things, if you're interested in speculating, um, you know, other coins are here to stay. If you're interested in investing, Bitcoin is the sure thing right now. Now, let's move our focus back to South Africa. As I said, you're a headline speaker in CryptoFest. Uh, one of the first events of its kind in Africa. Um, how would you rate the current cryptocurrency investment climate in this country at the moment? We've got, I would say we've got a very healthy crypto um, population in South Africa. There's a lot of guys that know about crypto. And I think that constantly it's underestimated. Sadly, though, we've, got, we've gained a lot of those people through Ponzi schemes and scams which have introduced um, you know, the masses into crypto. So a lot of people have also got a very bitter taste in their mouth because they have been scammed. I mean, there's, there's scams running all the time. And there's projects that are borderline that, that I consider scams that uh, you know, are really drawing masses and masses of people in. So are you allowed, to, think, name, are you allowed to name those scams? Well, <laughs> um, look, you know, it, I'm very hesitant to name it, but it's, it's, it's a lot of people that are investing in, in gold and um, <laughs> projects. Okay, we're not, say no so, more, say no more, okay. So these are, are, are borderline schemes, but they are really drawing a lot of people in. So after that, the next step, obviously, is to get into crypto proper. And if these people aren't left with too much of a bad taste in their mouth, it builds the crypto community. So it's really a sad way to, to, to get people into crypto. But I think that often, you know, that a lot of people are involved. A lot of people are very savvy in South Africa. And I think that the future is very, very bright for the crypto community in South Africa. Any news that you're going to be announcing at CryptoFest? Well, you know, altcoin traders always innovating. We're always looking for new ways to be uh, first to market with a lot of things. Um, you know, without wanting to, to disappoint, we don't have any major events that, or any major developments that we are going to announce. But, you know, it's still two weeks away. And the way we work, anything can happen. What, what exactly are you going to be talking about? Well, I think just because it's the first... Um, uh, you know, it's it's the first time that we're not going to be swamped with corporate. So it's going to have a lot more of a libertarian feel. People are going to be able to say a lot more things that they really feel. And, and sort of the true nature of crypto and libertarian and how we want to have control of our own money is going to be more the theme of this fest. As to what I'm speaking about, you know, that uh, that, that changes on a daily basis. But uh, the Crypto Fest website and you'll get a, a very good rundown of exactly what, what I'll be talking about. Well, Richard, that actually leads into my final question of the day here. Um, 
from your perspective, how do you see cryptocurrencies impacting the geopolitical future of our societies, if at all? Well, look, just the, the mere fact that we still, as a species, are confined to little areas that are called countries, confined to uh, currencies, when don't have certain rights because of where we were born, um, I think that crypto has the potential to, to liberate that geopolitical situation. However, it happens very slowly. You know, so I don't know in our lifetime if we're going to see any major impact. I think it is going to be a slow progression and it is going to change everything that we know as a species. But the time frame on that is probably what's going to be disappointing. It's not happening tomorrow. You know, we're heading that way and we just need to be patient. We need to continue to push. We need to continue to be passionate about our freedom, about our liberty and about taking back control. It's about separating finance from state. You know, back in the, in the early days, we were wanting to separate church from state because the church was dictating random, crazy things and people were having to comply to things that didn't make sense. We now, obviously, it's, it's a lot less severe, but we've got state and finance, and the state is able to, to decide where we spend our money, how we keep our money, and random, crazy things once again. So I'm very excited about the fact that that will be parting, but as I say, the time frame is probably what's a bit disappointing. But we've got to be strong, we've got to hold on, and that is what's going to happen in the future. Mm. Well, there we go right uh, from someone at the forefront of uh, South Africa's cryptocurrency industry. Richard, thanks so much for your time. We appreciate it. We're looking forward to seeing you at CryptoFest. Thanks for joining us on SA Crypto today. Thanks very much, James. See you in Cape Town. Great. See you then. Cheers. SA Crypto, South Africa's largest blockchain community and news outlet.